we've been talking about what Jesus came for. The Advent means the coming of Jesus. And in this season, we've talked about the fact that he came, first of all, to bring a sword, which seems a little bit odd to think about for a Christmas sermon. But he came to bring a sword, and that sword brought division, which in turn made us make a choice. We had to choose. Are we going to are we going to serve God or are we going to serve ourselves? And then we followed that up uh, on week three because I wasn't here week two. But on week three, we doubled up and we, we talked about the fact that he brought us, he came to bring reconciliation. That he joined back two people who were separated and apart and brought that reconciliation. And also in that, through the reconciliation, right led, leads right into the fact that he brought salvation to us. And so... <coughs> This is kind of the follow-up. So we, we have been brought through the, the point where we had to be divided and make a choice. Then we come into that reconciliation place with God and <clears throat> enter into salvation. Now we're talking about what did he come to bring after that? <clears throat> what is the follow-up to what he's brought us? And this morning we're going to talk about him coming to bring unity. Follow along with me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to read a, a lengthy passage this morning, but if, if you have your Bibles, open them to John 17. <clears throat> and, I, and I'm just going to be like Joe. We're going to read the whole chapter today, Joe. Um, and the reason I want to read this, we're only really going to focus on several verses in here, but I think we need this to get the, the, the understanding and the context of what this is about. Keep in mind, John 17 is one of the few all-night prayer sessions that we see Jesus entering into. He goes to the garden, and and he prays all night. This is the night before he's arrested. But we see him very diligently talking to the Father about his followers and those who believe. So follow along with me if you have your Bibles. If not, it'll be on the screen. I don't know why it came up a little bit fuzzy today. I, I can't figure that out, but hey, it's uh, it's 2020, so we're, we're just going to say the computer's got the coronavirus or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's almost over, thank God. John 17, beginning in verse 1. When Jesus had spoken up these spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven, and he said, "Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you." Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and I have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, 
and I'm going to pause there just for a moment. I want you to notice from here on out the use of the word that or for. He, he makes some requests to Father, but he says, I, I, he says, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one. There's a reason why he wants to keep us in the Father, so that we will be one. And that's the idea we're talking about, that unity. But pay attention as we go through, and I'll kind of highlight the, the other that that we see. Even as we are one, he wants us to be one as, as he and the Father are one. Verse 12, while I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Notice another, that the only one that, that fell away was Judas, so that the scripture could be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have joy fulfilled in themselves. I speak these things that they may have joy. My joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world, I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world, and for their sake, I consecrate myself that they may also be sanctified in truth. Verse 20, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So he's not just talking about his disciples at the moment. He's also included us. You and I are included that those who will believe in me through their word. That's us. That's now. That they may all be one. Just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. This idea of unity is bound up not just in idea, a, a good idea that we can all get along. It's bound up in God's purpose, so that the world will know who Jesus is. Verse 22, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them, even as you love me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have also given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Well, we see in this passage that he, there, that one of the driving themes in this whole chapter is the desire for unity. God, Jesus, wanted them to be united. And we need to ask ourselves, first of all, who is he talking about? Who is it that needs to be united? Is he just talking about Okay, you and your family, you, the family needs to be united, or, uh, you know, people in the same socioeconomical demographic need to be united. What's he, what's he saying? I think he's saying us. You and you and you and you and me and you and you. We need to be united. The body of Christ, the church, needs to be united. And I think when he's talking about this, he's not saying just some random group of people need to be united. 
He's saying if we want to accomplish on earth what God wants us to accomplish, we have to be united, right? In creation, if you remember back to that time, it, it tells us the story in Genesis that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth is formless. You know that. And he made the sun, moon, and stars, and he said what? It was good. Okay. He made the animals, and he said what? Yeah, you guys are catching on quick. Um, he made uh, all of the animals in the seas, and he said what? And then he made man and said what? No. He said it's not good. It's not good for man to be alone. Tricked you, didn't I? He says it's not good for man to be alone. Isolation is not what God wants. We need one another. It is not good for man to be. And so what God did was he took uh, Adam's rib and out of his rib created Eve so that he would not be alone. There is a picture in that that speaks to us today in our relationship inside the body. It is not okay to be alone. If you isolate yourself from the rest of the body of Christ, you will not live fruitfully. We are made for union with one another. We were made to be together. We are made to be united and serve in the same uh, same path as the rest of us. Our church is the who that he's talking about. Who is he talking about? He's talking about us. We are the ones who are to be united. And we hear that and we say, God, uh, do you know us? <laughs> you really think we can all be on the same page? I don't think that that means we all have to think exactly same kind of thoughts, because unity doesn't, uh, uh, unity depends on the source of unity. We we have a lot of motorcycle lovers in this church, so you guys have a sense of unity about about your love for motorcycles. I'm not, I don't get to fit in that package because <laughs> I don't have that love, um, but, but, you know, cooks, people, all, all these women that cook, you get together, oh yeah, Talk about recipes. Ah, I put some cayenne pepper in the eggs, and oh, that's ridiculous. First of all, but I don't get to fit in that because I'm not not in that in that group. And so sometimes we have unity based on on likes and and dis or not dislikes. We don't I'm not unified on dislikes, but but things we like. The musicians will sit and talk about. I I, I listened to. Uh, they were rehearsing this morning. Um, <laughs> She said, Adam, you didn't move your hand to change the chord. I, and so musicians have this kind of thing. They have a bit of a unity because they love music and understand music. And and what, you know, golfers, those that golf, they, they have a sense of unity. You talk to one golfer and, and you know, that you'll get a lie about what they shot that week. But, no, I'm just kidding. The, the idea is we all have senses of unity based sometimes on our life. That's not the kind of unity God's talking about. That's not the kind of unity. What he wants is unity based on truth. Unity based on truth. Which means in regards to what God says about his church and what God says about the word, we need to be united on this. So if you have a wild idea, you need to bring that into some fellowship with some other people and say, wait a minute, am I understanding this wrong? Because God calls us to be united in truth. And, and one of the 
one of the things about about truth is uh, from the early days of Christianity, that was one of the, the main things that they focused on. We have to stay connected with truth. It's not okay to be passionate about something if it's not true. It, we've seen that in our world, right? A whole lot of people got real passionate there for a while, for a month or two, about about who uh, should be uh, uh, given preference over who, uh, whether uh, you like black bodies or whether you don't. There, our world seems to say that, that we, uh, we need to uh, bond together in those things, but God tells us that we only need to bond together. I don't have to love motorcycles to be united with the guys that love motorcycles. I don't have to love cooking. I kind of love cooking. But I don't have to love cooking to be united with those people who love cooking. Because God, God says there's a different place He wants us united over, and it's His Word. We have to be, which is why we have Sunday school classes and we study together, which is why we preach messages from the pulpit, is because the goal for us is to be united in truth. And if we're united in truth, then good things happen. Well, we are all different. And God wants difference. And we join the common ground in our pursuit of God. So if you pursue art, I don't pursue art, I can be united with you because if you pursue God, we have something in common because I pursue God. And so all of us need to understand that God's calling us the body of Christ. The Galesburg Christian Church is calling us to unity on the things that really matter. Not to say your interests don't really matter, but in the eternal scheme of things, they don't really matter. It doesn't really matter what you think about motorcycles when we get to heaven. Maybe there'll be motorcycles, I don't know. But what you think about them is not really going to matter at that point. What you think about God, what you think about Jesus, those things will matter. And those are the things that we need to be united on. Well, the next question then is how do we interact? How are we united? You know, another way of saying it is, how do we support one another? It's not the same as the world. The world says, hey, listen, I want, I want people to follow behind me, and in order to do that, you just have to believe what I believe. Well, that's a bunch of hogwash. That, there's no real form of unity there. We see people, though, that unite over things like that, right? you got groups of people that, that think uh, one thing about uh, political views. And they bond together on that. And, and, you know, there's no real basis for the unity that develops there. It's based on something that's just opinion. We are not the same as the world. The Bible talks about the body of Christ being a body. Paul says in Corinthians that we are all different parts. Your hand, your foot, your big toe, your little pink pinky. We're all different parts. None of us are the same. And in that, the great thing is we can celebrate diversity, right? We're not all the same. Good grief, it's a good thing you're not all like me. Um, it would be a terrible thing to be around here. Uh, the thing is, we are all different, and it's good. And it's really what God made. But we have to be united over what's true. And so different is not a bad thing. And disunity doesn't mean difference. Uh, because in the body, diversity is celebrated. There's some of us here that are smart, some of us not so much. Um, some are great servants. 
There are some that are really good at business. There's some really kind people. There's people here that are pure-hearted. We're all different. We're all different. And it's good. We all are at different maturity levels, but the truth is we all need to grow. There's not a point in time, as, as long as Dow has known Jesus and committed his life to, to the Word of God, there's still places where Dow needs to grow. And if you just came to Christ last week, there's no difference. You have places that you need to grow. I, one of the things that I love, uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Life Church. They have a saying at Life Church. Life Church is a big church, uh, a lot of online presence. But one of the things they say on a regular basis is, what is your next step? They constantly are asking, what is your next step? Because ev- they realize none of us are where we're supposed to be. None of us have made it yet. And we won't make it until we get to heaven. Then, thank God, we're told that <laughs> then the perfect will come. But until we die, every one of us has a next step. Where do I need to be? And we need to be asking God, God, what is my next step? What is the next level that I need to go? What is it you need me to learn so that I can be actually be more in line with being unified with the rest of the body? I want to I look back at verse 8 again in, in this text. If you have your Bibles open still, you can, I didn't put it on the screen. But verse 8, he says, For I have given them the words you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and that they believed you sent, you sent me. One of the things that unites the body of Christ is truth. We talked about that a little bit already. That it is truth, and Jesus is saying, it's the truth that unites them. It, it's not the fact that Jesus uh, did some miracles. It was truth that united them. And then in verse 12, I want to read that one more time as well. He says this, While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction. Destruction, that scripture might be fulfilled. One of the things that we need to understand that in the body of Christ, if we are united, we are protected. God protects us, and he will see us through whatever comes against us. We need to understand that unity is for us. We are the ones, and this is how we do it. When people are, are mistreated and, and maligned, our job as the body is to stand up. We're to stand up for that kind of uh, person. When inequality exists, we, we stand up. When injustice is seen, we stand up. We interact because we are united in the body of Christ. We need to unite around truth. Well, the final question that uh, we have to ask this morning is, what changes? What are the results of our unity? Look at what verse 22 and 23 says. Go back there. The results are the glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I and them, you and me, that they may become perfectly one. So that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. You see, the idea is that he wants us to be one as they were one. Do you feel like you're one with your brothers and sisters in Christ the same way Jesus is one with the Father? 
I dare say that I probably don't feel that. I don't have an experience that level. But that's what Jesus prays for. And we have to understand that th- this speaks of the intensity of Jesus' desire for the body. He says, I want them to be one as we are one. Now, if you've read much about, about in the Bible about God and Jesus, you know that they were intimately connected. There, there's an interesting concept that God puts into effect in the very beginning. said when, uh, when a, a man leaves his mother and joins with his wife, they become one. One flesh. And then he said, what God has joined together, let no man tear asunder. You see, when two things become one, when they join together, there are some things you can't separate. When you pour sugar into a cake mix and mix flour and an egg and some oil and water, guess what? You can no longer get that sugar out. Unless you're a chemist and have the ability. You, you, can't, you can't go into the bowl and say, oh, shoot, I, I, don't, I don't want sugar in this recipe. I'm going to take it out. All you have is everything in one now. And God says, that's what I want my body to be. I want it to be so united that there is no separation. Nothing from this world can tear us apart, can get between us if we are united as Jesus and the Father. And then he goes on to say, I pray that they be perfectly united. If if you didn't get the idea that it's a, a really close connection by us being united as Jesus was with the Father, he says, I want them to be perfectly one. I, I enjoy watching, there's a, there's a, a TV show called Forged in Fire. I don't know if any of you guys have ever seen it. Uh, do you like this? Well, maybe she'll like it better after, after I give it. <laughs> Here's what happens. I, I don't know if any of you understand how forging works. Sometimes the contestants are given three different types of metal. And they have to make these all go into one. And what happens, sometimes as they forge weld things, what they do is they they put things together, but if there's impurities in between the layers, what happens, sometimes they'll go to the big press and they'll start hammering, and the three layers just separate and pull apart. However, if proper care has been taken, and that and that metal is cleaned off before it cuts up next to one another. If there's nothing in between those two things, then when they heat it up and pull the press and the pressure goes on, they become one. And when they truly become one, you cannot separate them. Now, every time, it's amazing. They put these guys under a lot of pressure. (laughs) Sometimes they'll just put an old car there and say, find something on that car to make a knife out of. Sometimes they'll give them flat steel. And that seems like the easy way out. Um, but sometimes they'll give them a big old bolt with a nut sticking out. And here, you got to make it out of this, and you have to combine something else to it. It's all in the matter of what goes in between the layers. Sometimes we, as the body of Christ, find ourselves being separated because there's impurities between the layers. We allow personal ideas to get in the way of truth. We allow uh, offenses to get in the way of truth. And what happens when the pressure comes, we're no longer united. We spring apart like because we haven't been prepared. 
Now, see, isn't it so much better now that I explain it that way? <laughs> I'm going to come over and watch with you guys. <laughs> but the idea, the result of unity is we become one. And that's the goal of it all. We, we become one. And you say, well, I don't, ha- I don't agree with the way he... <clears throat> you know what? You need to s- separate that out and say, is that truth or not? Because if it's true and you don't agree with what someone else does because it's true, guess what? You need to change. And you need to repent and you need to deal with that. And then you can come together and we can be one. The goal for all of us and the reason that Jesus came was to bring unity. He wants us all working on the same page. He wants us all with the same goal in mind. Our goal for every Christian and believer in the Galesburg Christian Church should be that we see people come to know Jesus and that we see people come to maturity in Christ Jesus. That should be our number one goal. Everything else takes a back seat. Your opinion on how we do this, your opinion on how we do that, needs to take a back seat to truth. God's called us for a specific purpose and He's called us to live in truth. Jesus did came to bring a sword for sure. And he came to bring reconciliation, and he came to bring salvation, but sure as the word is true, he came to bring unity. And this this morning, what I want to challenge you with, as we go forward this week, you know, I hope everybody has a marvelous Christmas. I, I hope that you have lots of joy for everyone who you can get together with. I pray that you have a great week, but I want you to remember... <coughs> So I challenge you to remember that. Remember the things that he came for, and maybe it'll make the day where we celebrate the birth of Jesus a little more special this year. We're going to stand together, and we're going to sing our uh, invitation song that the band's going to (coughs) come. And the song is, Lord, I Need You. And, you know, there's, there's not a one of us that can say we don't need God, especially in this year. Appreciated our our sharing the things that demonstrated the places where they needed God this year. We need Him in all of our lives. Let's sing together. And if you have a decision you need to make, then you come.